found chop the original guillotine league podcast everything you need to know to avoid the chopping block chop is brought to you by guillotineleagues.com now your hosts paul chargian and brian johnson welcome to another edition of chop the guillotine league podcast i'm paul chargian my co-host brian johnson hello what's up charge i've got all my heads in all my leagues have you do all right i am i am eight for eight i'm in eight guillotine leagues i'm eight for eight I entered in last place in one of them, but on Monday night I had Aaron Jones and TJ Hawkinson, and I ended up finishing like third. <laughs> so it it turned out just fine, uh, but there was a little bit of there was a little bit of hesitation there. Yeah, it's a little different. There's always Monday night sweats. You're usually sweating for that W. You want that precious win in week two. That really doesn't matter all that much. But in a guillotine league. It's life and, or oh, death. Life and I, death, baby. Like and, lions on yeah. Monday night. Nothing more important in life than that. And that that uh, is emblematic of what guillotine leagues have done to fantasy football. I'll tell you a quick story about yeah. the Monday night sweats. We're, you and I are in a league um, that's comprised primarily of, of our writers for our site. And one of our guys went into Monday night, and he to get out of last place, he needed two points. Not, not even, right? Not even, less than two. He just needed a catch, basically. He basically needed like one catch from, from MVS, yeah. from uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He needed one catch. Aaron Rodgers threw five incompletions in that game, four of them to MVS, who had no catches. And he dies a brutal death yeah. <laughs> in the guillotine league. Uh, Getting no catches from MVS in a, in a game in which, what, the Packers score 40 at the end of the day? Yeah. Jeez. And you, you stay up all, not all night, but you stay up late to watch Monday Night Football these days, even Central Time, and to not get that catch, that is, that brutal. is brutal. I, I feel that pain. The waiver wire is the magic of the guillotine league. I say that phrase every week at the outset of these because it's true, and we are here every Tuesday to give you guidance, to help you strategize your bidding for this week. Um, before we get rolling on all the advice, Thank you to everybody who listened last week. We crushed our previous all-time high of CHOP podcast listeners. Thank you to everybody who subscribes, rates, and reviews the podcast. We are very, very grateful to you. Um, and if you want to join another league, like maybe, you already, maybe you're in one guillotine league and you're already like, when I get chopped, it's going to suck. It might be time to jump into another one. We are forming new leagues on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays at guillotineleagues.com. Yeah, if, if you've been chopped, it's a no-brainer. Go back and sign yes. up. But if you're in multiple leagues and still alive, hey, you're actually really good at this. Yeah, maybe you're good. Go join some more leagues. Maybe and so. Who doesn't like a brand-new draft every week or every day, for that matter? Like last week, advice today comes in three different forms. We're going to give you some broad bidding strategies that just sort of cover everybody, all the available free agents. Then we give player-specific recommendations for the 10 most chopped players. You probably have one or two of these 10 guys that have popped free in your league, and we'll talk about that specific player. And then advice for, you know, like the regular free agents that, that pop up from time to time. This week, it's, you know, it might be Daniel Jones or Cordero Patterson or K.J. Osborne and what to do about some of those guys. Speaking of Cordero Patterson, has been a wide receiver. I'm, I'm sorry, a running back. On guillotineleagues.com for the last from the beginning, weeks. yeah, that's right. We've made uh, we, we got that right. A lot of other sites uh, under fire. Some have made the change. Some haven't. Some haven't it's yeah, definitely a, a hot topic right now. It is a hot topic right now. But okay. not, not with us. Let's jump into uh, some of the broader bidding advice. A reminder: the clearest path to victory, 
the the easiest way to win. There is no set way to win, but the easiest way to win is to have plenty of free agent budget left in November and December, uh, at least before we we lock for the playoffs, because awesome teams are getting cut, and you need to go get those players now. I can't recall too many players like uh, going down with serious injury. We'll, we'll talk about a guy that pretty much lost all his value. But let's just say, you sp- what's the threshold for if you spent X percent, X amount, you know, X percent in week one? Like you just can't bid this week unless you're, of course, like yeah, billing. If you, yeah, if you, you know, I think if you bid 20, 30 if you, percent. If you tried to solve a problem, yeah, with like two or three hundred dollars in week one, you're laying low this yeah. week. But still throw in you bids because you, you might get lucky, yes, but you can't you really just, throw in the big boy. Right. The big boy Participate bids. in yes. the bidding. You never know. But shop well, value. You're yes. shopping for value. Um, unless you're in major trouble throughout the month of September, your your goal is to retain budget and just self-identify, self-evaluate. The guillotine league will make you nervous. Don't worry about what happened in week two. Look ahead to week three and week four and ask yourself, am I likely to get cut? Remember, there's still a 93% chance you're going to survive this week. Odds are you're going to survive this week. Save your cash. Even if you feel confident you are a cut candidate in the next couple of weeks, you still can't burn most of your free agent budget in week two. You have to be rolling into the mid... You have to be rolling into November with half your half your budget. So you can't be burning... You can't be burning all of your money now. So to talk a little bit more specifics, Brian, mm-hmm. for low-end guys, A.J. Dillon, Gerald Everett, Guys like that, I'm bidding. I'm, I recommend under fifteen dollars. Yeah, for bids. Um, for middle tier guys, uh, guys that you might start, you know, on and off periodical periodic starters, flex guys. I'm generally bidding in the twenties and thirties on yeah. those guys. A guy we talked about last week who I liked, uh, uh, an average Joe, we'll call them, was Tim Patrick. Yeah. And I went a little too light on him in a couple of weeks. I went like 15, and he went mid-20s. Mm. So he's like a good, a good example yeah. of a guy yeah. that got a, a big boost in, in value, really. Yeah. But he's not a, a shiny a shiny name or something right. like that. Right, And we, we like the term Ordinary Joe here because the creator of the NBC show Ordinary Joe, which you've seen advertised many, many times if you've watched uh, any Sunday Night Football, plays on guillotine leagues. I did Shout not out know to that. Garrett Lerner. Showrunner right. for Ordinary Joe on NBC. Garrett the Guillotiner. I, yeah, I like, like it. it. Uh, okay. Then, you know, for the high-end guys, that pop free, and we're going to talk about many of them now. A uh, uh, sneak preview. Alvin Kamara is coming. Here is one of the top 10 shop players. So when these guys hit the waiver wire, now we're going to separate yourself, the chop podcast listener, from the newbies who have never seen anything like this before. And they're like, Oh my God, it's Alvin Kamara. And I got to go, I got to go all in on Kamara. So for us, because it's September for guys like that, I'm still bidding in the double digits and I'm not going to get Alvin Kamara. In most cases, no, Yeah, but but there is that that small chance where everyone has that mentality. That's right. (laughs) And no one makes the bid. Exactly. So we were just talking about that before, even if you're, you're not, you're not going to be in the higher end of, the expected bids, at least put something out there. Right. And, uh, so I might be happens. bidding, you know, $80, yes. $90 of my fab on Alvin Kamara, and I won't get him, and that's okay. I'm going to have another crack at a great running back next week if I need one. Um, but if if you have assessed your team and you believe you are very likely to get chopped soon, 
well, okay, now you're going to have to bid a lot higher on Alvin Kamara. Now, for a guy at his stature, you're probably in the two and $300 range. You are not in the 500 600 700 800 or $900 range. No. Like I saw some bids from last week. You were in the two and $300 level. Um, are we going to start with Alvin Kamara or no? We are not. He okay. is not. He is one of the top 10, but he is not the most chopped player. So we'll go through our top 10 most chopped players now, plus Saquon Barkley, because I specifically want to address him. He was the 15th most chopped player. Number one, the most chopped player this week, a quarterback with no touchdowns, Dak Prescott. Yeah. Coming off the massive game against Tampa, everybody had him in the starting lineup. Um, it was going to be a huge shootout, too, with the Chargers. And the Chargers secondary is good. Oh, yeah, especially with Derwin James back. Mm-hmm. All world uh, safety. Yep. They got Bosa rushing, and it's that is that's turned into a tricky opponent for sure. So for Dak Prescott, his schedule over the next month, last year or last week, I was rattling off the four teams. I've decided that's too hard to listen to. So now I'm doing letter grades on the upcoming schedule. A C grade for the schedule. Three straight home games, but four tricky opponents coming up for Dallas. What do you bid? What is your bid on Dak Prescott? Yeah, I need to be pretty needy at quarterback to even be placing a bit on Dak just because he's not going to be the, the Dak we once knew in terms of being a dual threat quarterback really. Right. He had four carries for 13 yards in the in week one which was somewhat you know I was inspired by that like maybe he will be running the ball. Didn't run the ball once against no. the Chargers. He's, no. he's all passing and he's got great weapons though. He does. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's, a, he's a good he's a good passer. Uh, so but man he, I, I want that safe rushing floor mm-hmm. of like a. We're not going to be talking about Lamar Jackson. I doubt he was cutting any leagues. Nope. <laughs> but like a, a guy <laughs> like that or Jalen Hurts, where I'm going to be going on higher, you know, three digit bids. So with Dak, I'm at 60 bucks with a must have oh. of 80. And I feel like I'm pretty high there. Yeah, you're, to me, you're yeah, much too high. I'm this is, too this high. is the easiest. This is the easiest position to fill as quarterback. Yeah. Every week, a good quarterback is hitting the waiver wire, and sometimes two. Uh, so for me, I'm at $15 is my recommended bid and my desperation bid of, of 50. And I'm only that high because four quarterbacks got knocked out of the knocked that get knocked out last week. Yeah. So I think there might be people who are desperate and a couple of owners, uh, but 15 to me for most of you that have a functional quarterback, I think is all the more I'm bidding on Dak. Let's go to the second most chopped player. Another first, a first round pick. We have one, two, three. We have three first round picks chopped in the top 10 this week. Tyreek Hill with a shockingly down week. His schedule grade over the next month is only a D. His next four games are all against secondaries that have already played very well. Um, But it's Tyreek Hill, and the rules do not apply to him. So let's talk about what in the world do you do with a player at that caliber? You know, now you know why... Travis Kelsey was going as the first Chiefs pass catcher off the board, the first Chief off the board. And, Mm -hmm. of course, the tight end eligibility helps, but Tyree Kill will have just these stinker games every now and again. Now, four targets. That I looked last year, he only had one game with less than six, and he probably got (laughs) hurt in that game. A lot of double-digit target games, but you run the risk of just this absolute dud from Tyree Kill, it seems like. And uh, I don't know why I keep talking about Travis Kelsey, but he has a much safer floor, so... Very exciting uh, name out there. If I'm, if I have two very rival wide receivers, I'm not going to be mm-hmm. bidding as much. But let's just say you're pretty needy at wide receiver. He's a 
120 with like a 160 must have. Yeah, I'm I'm I have a 125 recommendation on Tyreek Hill, and you probably won't get him there. For those who are desperate, and again, if you think you're going to lose in the next couple of weeks, I think you have to go 300 to get Tyreek Hill. No. If, if you want him, I mean, yeah, that's no, just, that's really a price, it's a price you're going to have to pay. You might be burning 50. I, I was I was light on my must get must have price, but yeah, I mean, you'll get him at 300. You no, should. you, I no, I, that's no guarantee. I don't think. Well, there, there are no Tyreek guarantees Hill. in guillotine leagues. I shouldn't say I shouldn't have said that. Then <laughs> there's still too many new players who are yeah. bidding crazy amounts. The third most chopped player was Indianapolis running back Jonathan Taylor. Oh. He leads the league in red zone carries and has no touchdowns. Yep. His quarterback for this week is, as we are taping now on Tuesday, unknown because Carson Wentz sprained both his ankles. Have you ever heard of such a thing? No. Two ankles? It, no. it wasn't on the same play, right? It couldn't have been. It was I, just no, like, it was not, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. You can't even put your weight on the good ankle. I bet he's in a wheelchair because oh, you can't. I mean, you could, crutches won't work. That'd be a tough spot. I got. I don't know that he plays this week. The schedule grade for the next month for Jonathan Taylor, three straight road games against middle-of-the-pack run defenses. What are you going to bid on Jonathan Taylor, a guy who went off the board, what, about roughly pick 11, 12, 13 that, in yeah, most drafts? Yeah, definitely a first-rounder in mm-hmm. 18 leagues. Yeah, you said the most red zone carries. That's, of course, inside the 20-yard line. Inside the five, he has six carries for zero yards and zero touchdowns. I think he, he at, at, uh, last week he had three, three straight four. three straight carries yeah. that all got that all failed from the one-yard line. And one, at least one more in that game. So yeah. he, he should have been the savior for many teams, really. Mm-hmm. But now he's one of the most chopped players. And like that offense is so very blah, even, even with a, a healthy Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, People are keying in on Jonathan Taylor, and that's going to only get worse, it seems, if Wentz misses time. The, the receivers don't really strike fear into anyone's heart, and they're just going to be stacking the box against Taylor. And like you said, not a great schedule coming up. So you would, if you told me Taylor was available in week two a couple weeks ago, I would say like a $300, $350 bid. But now he feels more like a uh, – Right with Tyreek, really, even though they played different positions, like a 120, 130, you know, moderate bid, 250, 275 must have. We're in the same ballpark. I, my my recommended bid's only 75 for Jonathan Taylor because of the reasons you mentioned. A lukewarm offense with questions at quarterback, an offensive line that isn't doing what it normally does. And Marlon Mack and, came in, was in late in that game, and he looked decent too but they were yeah they better not use it at the goal line no but yeah and i, I mean, hope they don't go like like jonathan taylor can't score touchdowns we're gonna have to switch over let's hope it doesn't go to that my desperation bid amount on jonathan taylor is 225 the fourth most shot player is dallas wide receiver amari cooper uh we talked about dak prescott earlier and cooper went down with him with three catches for 24 yards a scoreless 24 yards um, Cooper does this sometimes. You know, you mentioned Tyreek Hill as, you know, oh. uh, Tyreek Hill's good for like two dud games a year. Cooper's good for like four or five dud. I mean, like this kind of game every year. You get one of these a month. Well, yeah, like when we, if you're talking roller coasters, Tyreek Hill is like a, a Disney World roller coaster. <laughs> right. And like Amari Cooper is basically like skydiving <laughs> without a parachute. Yeah, you, you, People who had him on roster last week were feeling pretty confident, but you can't feel that confident in Mari Cooper because it's so up and down. And and now it looks like the the Cowboys with two very good running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either going to be a, a good game for the run game or, or a or good game the for the passing game. game. But then yeah. there's he's still got to fight C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. and 
of course, Michael Gallup is on IR, but Cedric Wilson looked more than able. He's still, there's still a lot of mouths to feed through the air in Dallas, so the the risk of getting that dud game is far greater than uh, Tyreek Hill. So I would go half on what I would bid on Hill. So I'm down to 40-50 on Cooper with a 80-90 must-have. Yep, almost exactly what I've got on And I don't, I don't. I, I don't must have have the need to must have most Amari Cooper, most people no. don't but Shouldn't. you know but if you're desperate this is uh you now you've got a price to put on it all right the fifth most chopped player New Orleans running back Alvin Kamara yeah to get the schedule here is really really a factor in your bidding on Kamara know this over the next five weeks Alvin Kamara will play at home one time. And listen to the matchups at Patriots. Patriots defense has looked great so far. Oh, they'll key in on him. They always take away the whatever you want to do, threat, right? And yep. that'll, that'll be him. Yep. Then the Giants. That is a, at least a middle of the pack defense. Then at Washington. Washington is a good defense. Then a bye week. So oh. we're already starting to sweat the bye weeks here. So you know, roll all that together. And and by the way, it's a it's an away game after that as well. It's it's nuts. This is a tough time for Alvin Kamara, and I'm not breaking the bank right now. What is your recommended bid for Alvin Kamara? Yeah, eight carries, five yards against Carolina. No, <laughs> no one really saw that coming. No. I mean, the, the great thing about Kamara is he has a, usually has a very safe PPR floor. He still had four targets, caught four of them for 25 yards. Was it enough to save, <laughs> save him from being uh, one of the more chopped players of this week? Um, so I'd like to think he still got that safe double-digit PPR floor despite the bad matchups. But uh, like you said, not willing to break the bank on Kamara at this point in the season because he's just not a, a trustworthy week-in, week-out starter. So. Yeah. <sighs> Still right around that Tyree Kill range. I might go a little higher just because running back is, is more scarce of a position. I'll go 140 with a must-have of 250, 260 on Kamara at this okay. point. I'm a little lighter than that because I think he's going to be I think he's going to get chopped once or twice in the next month. Uh, and you'll have another chance at him. I've got a recommended bid of only 90 on Alvin Kamara and a desperation bid of 150. I think if you're Really trying to get him, you are in desperation gonna, mode. Yeah, and you'll probably have to right pay now. more than that if yeah. you if you really are. But just know this week at Patriots, I would not be at all surprised if he has another dud game. This is gonna it is a tricky matchup. He is not a solution next week, in all probability. He's a great you know if you truly did like you you do the opposite even more so in a guillotine league if you're fading running backs. But he's a, a good candidate if you've got a great quarterback and you're receiving you know when you're sitting on a. Mm-hmm. Kelsey at tight end right now to go try and get Kamara at your range, 90, 100. Not to rely on him to win, but he could blossom into a yeah, obviously beautiful great flower player. that yeah, we've great, all seen. Great player that ultimately I'd, I'd be happy to have, but I'm not breaking my bank for him. The sixth most shot player was Tennessee wide receiver A.J. Brown. Back-to-back disappointing games. The lingering knee injury could be a factor affecting him here. His schedule grade for the next month is a B uh, Indianapolis and, and uh, coming up next week, that's a positive matchup. And then the Jets and Jacksonville is also positive. Um, what is your recommended price on A.J. Brown? What do you think? Yeah, he didn't look too good against Seattle. And, and, and like health-wise, he, mm-hmm. he didn't look right. He had nine targets, which is great. Only got three of them, though. And yeah. uh, they weren't, wasn't like they were awful throws. He just wasn't getting the separation he needed. And I'm a, I'm a little worried about that knee. And he's, another, you know, 
Derrick Henry, he has games like that. They don't need they don't, they don't need anything else. Right. Although Julio that, Jones did just fine. He well, yeah. Well, well, unfortunately, we're going to talk about him soon. He doesn't deserve to be on this list. We'll, we'll talk about why. But uh, yeah, AJ Brown. He he. You run the risk of it if it's a King Henry game. He's not going to get his, and uh, that's too risky for me at this point in a, in a guillotine league. I want AJ Brown is a, a wide receiver one in standard fantasy, but right now I view him more as a. Definitely a wide receiver, too, at best. More of a flex option right. based on the, the inconsistency So what do you, if, if he's a flex guy, what are you bidding on him? Uh, A.J. Brown. He, uh, I have a little more faith in him than Amari Cooper, but pretty much right in that ballpark. So I'll, I'll say 70 with a must-have of, like, 120 on A.J. Brown. I'm about half that. I'm I'm recommending yeah. a $45 bid on A.J. Brown. And you I love think he's going to go AJ cheap. Brown. And I'm a, I'm a defender yeah. of his. I love the Not talent. that I'm not, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, desperation bit of 75 for me on A.J. Brown. The seventh most chopped player was Philadelphia wide receiver Devonta Smith. His schedule grade for the next month is m- mostly favorable, a favorable matchup this week with Dallas in particular. As always, rookies are unreliable fantasy scorers most of the time. And we've seen that now through two games with Devonta Smith, the fantastic week one and the disappearing act in week number two. They targeted him on a bunch of deep throws, Brian, and couldn't connect. Hertz's sweet spot for passing is at the linebacker level. Mm-hmm. And they're running deep routes for Smith, and Hertz just isn't getting the ball to him where he needs to catch it. So I think, you know, unreliable fantasy scorers are dangerous to your health in fantasy leagues. What do you ha- what do you what have you got on Devonta Smith? Well, well Hertz connected with Quez Watkins on a long one though. He did. Down that sideline, <laughs> that yeah. like a, it didn't, yep. Sadly, he didn't score. It was like a ninety yard, ninety one yarder with no no, no touchdown. That's, that's hard to do. But uh, speaking of Quez Watkins and, and Jalen uh, Rieger, uh, they're not very reliable, reliable either. So, mm. as a rookie, Devonta Smith might have a choice but to be reliable. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but he had seven targets. Devonta Smith, the same as Rieger. And Watkins combined, uh, Quez Watkins, that is, of course. So I still like the volume he's seeing. Uh, Hertz has to work on his accuracy a little bit, though, yep. as you mentioned. But this is a team that's going to give up points and be playing from behind for the most part. Oh, so. Eagle defense looked re- – now, granted, they've, they've played lukewarm teams, yeah. uh, offenses, but that Eagle defense has looked much improved through two games. That is we'll very see. true. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, not, yep. not great quarterbacks. But uh, I, I like – Again, Smith is a guy that has way more potential as the season progresses. So not a guy I want to be mm-hmm. re- relying on too much right now, but someone you can still start as a, a flex, flex option guy. and he yeah. can work his way into your top two wide receivers hopefully so what, one day. So what so, do you bid on? Um, you know, Smith? I'm kind of not too far behind the uh, Amari Coopers and uh, A.J. Browns of the world right wow. now. Like, Oh, I, man, I'm not even I, close to that well, for the rookie. A little lower. 30 bucks on Devontae Smith right. must have a 60. Not right in that range. No, it's not, not even close to me, but got, that's about where I've got him, too, is 30 bucks is my recommended price. Well, you had 45 on A.J. Brown. That's not yeah. too far off, No, right? it's not too far off. Well, it's 50% less. Uh, or a third less. Uh, let's talk uh, about the eighth most chopped player. Kansas City running back Kareem Hunt disappointed last week. Cleveland, thank well, you, no Kansas problem. City. Uh, we'll disappointed, talk about maybe a, uh, disappointed in a smash spot against Houston last week, and still a pretty ideal flex player at this stage of the season, but not a guy you'd want necessarily as a starting running back. His schedule grade for the next month is a B. Three of the next four games are favorable matchups for Cleveland's running game. 
What do you think of Kareem Hunt? Yeah, shockingly, in a game against Houston where I remember Matt did the uh, Matt Harrison did the matchup on Fantasy Football Weekly where Pro Football Focus does a like a percentage like advantage that the mm. O line has yeah, over the D line right. ter- in terms of running like a thirty percent. Uh, advantage is usually very good, and in this case, um, Cleveland had 138 percent advantage <laughs> over. But they only had 24 rush attempts, and Kareem Hunt had 13. He had uh, two yeah. more than Nick Chubb. Uh, it, it only was, only, yeah. only 51 yards though on right. the ground, and Chubb had 95 on 11 carries. They just fed him the ball all day long. But it's still a 50-50 split for the most part. And uh, even though Hunt, or I'm sorry, they both had the same amount of receptions, just one. Hunt is the primary pass catching back for that offense. So he, he he's a flex-worthy play this early in the season. Um, as the season goes on, if Chubb stays healthy, Hunt kind of gets bumped down to that, just hoping something yeah. – he's either a handcuff for Chubb or you want Chubb to get hurt. No one wants Chubb to get hurt. Well, you know but what even I when mean. Chubb got hurt last year, it really didn't change Hunt's production very much. No, not not so much. But you still would think if Chubb goes mm-hmm. down and you're still like, okay, Kareem Hunt, maybe I'm thinking it you again. You know what? They would just move to Demetric uh, uh, Felton up. Uh, yeah, the ultimate vulture vultured that receiving touchdown. Yeah, last it looked week, great doing it, too. Yeah, that was a it, that did. was a nifty run. But I, I should, should bring this back. You, we have to look at this uh, from two angles. If you have Chubb on roster and if you don't, Right now, I kind of would be more inclined to go after Hunt if I'm rostering Chubb just as an insurance policy that I can kind of get on the cheap. Yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, but, you know, as a standalone guy, he's he's somewhat safe of a flex option at this point. So if I roster Chubb already, I'm going 35-40 with a must-have of 80 on Hunt. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have Chubb, then I'm a little less on each end, probably 20 Conservative bid, 60 must have. Um, yeah, it's, we're in the same ballpark. 20, I don't think we'll get him. I, I have a recommended bid of 40 on Kareem Hunt. The ninth most job player was San Francisco tight end George Kittle. Schedule coming up for the next month is a C. It's neutral, but I'll mention this. The week six bye for San Francisco is starting to starting to creep up already a little bit. And so you're going to have to, you have to factor that into your bidding on Kittle. He's, you're going to lose him. So answer this for me, Brian. If you already have a good tight end, do you bid on Kittle to play defense at the position and try to stockpile some tight ends? You know, at least at guillotineleagues.com, you've got two flex positions. So it doesn't hurt you very much to have a second good tight end. You can still flex that guy, and he's not chewing up. You don't have a second tight end chewing up your only flex position because you've got two of them. What do you think about playing a little defense if you already have a good tight end and Kittle's out there? And are we not so sure you can sabotage drop George Kittle for the Thursday bidding period and hope someone spends a munchy, munchy well, bunch I'll of remind money? You, in week one, he had a 78-yard game. He did, four, but only five targets, only four targets uh, last week. I just, I think you need injury to, you know, Brandon Ayuk hasn't been a factor, but it's really like Debo Samuel is the guy now. In the, in the pass catching game, you're for the you're nuts. You're putting way too much emphasis on last week's game. I, I don't. Kittle I just, is the number two receiver on a very on, on a good on a good offense, and Samuel's going down at some point. If, if history's any indication, I'll put it this way: If I'm not trying to turn this into a Kyle Pitts fest, but right now, if, like Kittle, if I'm looking at Kittle, Pitts, Hawkinson. On the waiver Hawkinson's wire, leapfrogged him. He's leap. I'm still going Pitts over. I don't know. Kittle just doesn't have that it factor right now for him. He's just too much of a complete football player. I fear. I mean, 
He can still have big you know games. He's but a good blocker. You're penalizing him for being a good blocker. Is what you're doing right now. I don't, he's just not the. He's just not the the guy. Like Darren Waller is the guy, or like I don't know. I'm just. Well, I, Waller, I wasn't drafting Hawkinson, Waller, Hawkinson, Kelsey. Those guys have are almost focal points of their entire offenses. Work through those guys. Um, Kittle's not that, but he's still a major component to this offense. I know you don't want me to and say like I'm not going to bid on a guy. Left. I'm going right. to just attack this from an angle. If someone yeah. who wants to bid on George Kittle, you need a tight end. I'm very skeptical on his uh, reliability right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going. I'll probably be light on this, but 70 with a must-have of 120 on Kittle. But, uh, I, I'm surprised you're that high because that's about what I. That's about almost exactly what I had on him. I was but trying I'm to bump it up a little him. bit to be I'm nice. Still, but, thank uh, you. <laughs> I'm still treating him like an elite tight end, and I think he is. It's uh, and he's only had one. He's had the one good game and the one bad game. If last week he had gone the same four catches for whatever 37 yards and a touchdown, we wouldn't even be talking like this. No. Granted, he didn't score. The tenth most chop player. Kansas City running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. His schedule grade for the next month, a little bit different than what we had from Tyreek Hill earlier because Tyreek Hill got a D, but the running back schedule is a bit more favorable, including this week at the Chargers. Chargers are getting run through right now. So we'll go with a C grade on this upcoming schedule for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. What are your thoughts about this now perennially disappointing fantasy producer? He looks so average at at best. Average might be speaking too highly of CEH at this mm-hmm. point. And I went and looked back, so I remember he was the first running back taken in 2020 in reality football. And it was the late first round. Pick. <laughs> the Chiefs could have had DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins. I know they're hurt, but you never know what would happen right, if yeah, right, they, right, they right. Got, were drafted by the Chiefs. But, man, what a what a, a whiff of a pick. And uh, I, I can't I – w- even if I got him for a dollar, I'm not so sure I what? would start him. Oh, I know you're not going to get him for a dollar. I don't know. He doesn't look very good or very reliable in a clutch situation, so I'm not targeting him too much in guillotine leagues. I think uh, he's in the $40, $50 range with the must-have of 70 80 and I, I, I right. hope I don't get him if I'm bidding that high. I'm not bidding that high. I've got to recommend a bid of 40 and a desperation build of, of, of 60 He does chip in some receptions. He is still the starting running back for one of the best offenses in the NFL. It just, the, the issue continues to be lack of explosive plays and no touchdowns. And that's haunted him his whole career. And that's just, I think at this stage through however many games, NFL games he's played, probably including the playoffs, close to 20. It just is who he is. No targets against the Ravens. I mean, Ugh. they didn't, they didn't they, I don't know why. Andy Reid would always throw to his running yeah, backs in right. Philly. And, and he uh, can catch. Yeah. But I think I think that was just, I think that's an outlier. Well, yeah, well, I mean, that hurts. he had all three targets for running backs mm-hmm. in week one, but only two targets overall last week, one for McKinnon and one for Michael Burton. So they just don't, they just throw to Travis Kelsey. That's all you need to do really on that team. All right, let's also touch on Saquon Barkley, the 15th most cut player. I just think it's a fascinating situation. Ten days off for Saquon, which has got to be good on that knee. And I decided to look up Adrian Peterson's epic 20-whatever-it-was, 14 season when he came back from the ACL injury. In weeks one and two, Adrian Peterson had 16 and 17 touches. And then in week three, he blew up to 27 touches. Adrian did in week three. So here's Barkley with two extra months to heal that Adrian Peterson did not have rolling into week three with 10 days of rest time. 
I think his usage is going to take a pretty strong spike upwards. But that offensive line remains garbage. Mm -hmm. And if you take away that broken 41-yard gain. Yeah, we've been playing that game. He's averaging 1.8 yards per carry so far. And I think the danger of dud games with Saquon Barkley behind that offensive line remains pretty high, even with extra touches. Yeah, the, the, we, we mentioned him last week because he was one of the, the more chopped players, and it was in a, uh, a case where you were going to get him for future mm-hmm. gains, not a, a immediate yeah. returns. And it's still that still feels like the case, even though, even though I do think they ramp up his usage, like you said, but you can't be certain mm-hmm. of that. So if I'm, I'm staring at Barkley out there, it's still like a, a not an immediate helper type player for me, even though yeah. you would hope he gets closer to 70% of the touches. So... Still a little light on him, but his price is only going to go up every week as long as he yeah. stays healthy, of course. So I'd go 150 with a must-have of 250 on Barkley right now. Oh. I don't know if we'll get him. For you that. and I are on totally different pages. I am a recommended bid of $50 and a desperation bid of 80 for Saquon Barkley. I am not – I'm not touching. Um, oh, by the way, three of his next five matchups are hard, in, including the Saints in two weeks. I don't know that I'm even starting him against the Saints in two weeks. So for me, I'm I'm still I'm still hard pass on Barkley. Too many too many ups and downs um, on the schedule, and too many dud games. The danger of dud games remains high for me. Yeah, he needs to start catch, catching a lot more passes, like he did back up. That would be nice. nice, and that could come along too, which I hope it will, and I hope I'm wrong. Now let's shift our attention to what I just call like the standard waiver wire guys. These are the guys that you're picking up in a regular fantasy football league that are hitting the waiver wire that are even available in guillotine leagues where we've got a lot of teams and a lot of players spoken for, but you still want to be bidding on these guys. These are the $1 guys, the $8 guys, the $12 guys that, that can help your team, but everybody's distracted by the excitement of Alvin Kamara and Tyreek Hill and Dak Prescott and Kareem Hunt hitting the waiver wire. Yeah, and these are guys that you could probably get on Thursday, the second bidding period, but you're going to pay more for them because there's more eyes on those types of players. So you want to get these bids in early on Wednesday and you, you'll, for these recommended prices, Okay, uh, who we got. So um, the quarterbacks that you'd want to pick up are lightly available. Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold through guillotineleagues.com are generally available at around the 30% range. One of those guys probably available in your league. You can go grab a backup quarterback for two, three bucks, and you can get a guy like Daniel Jones who runs, Teddy Bridgewater who's suddenly heaving the ball downfield, Sam Darnold coming off a good game. You could find help from guys from guys oh, like that. I, if Sam Darnold's available, he should not be. Twenty eight percent of he's available wow. in twenty eight percent of guillotine leagues. And he's a guy you can trust this week uh, at Houston. I it's like a Thursday night game, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, running backs. The, most everybody's spoken for here that you're going to want to you know, place a bid on, but Cordero Patterson, who you mentioned earlier, Brian, available in 40% of leagues. And, you know, running back, like, if, at this point, you, you, everyone pretty much has a garbage player on their bench that they never mm-hmm. really plan on using. Make that a – don't let it be a wide receiver or a tight end in my mind. I Like, one guy I went out and grabbed last week was Kylan Hill, just in the event yeah. something happened to Aaron Jones on sure. Monday night. So I think you always want to go just be like – if a big name goes down, well, you could, could just... If you're got to play... What I think you're saying is, putting words in your mouth, 
if you've got a roster spot you're not doing anything with anyway, why not make it a lottery ticket? Exactly. But in the, in a running back lottery ticket. Yeah, running back a lottery, lottery ticket. Because the, that's the, biggest, the position that yeah. goes down right. the most. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Um, Michael Carter, Zach Moss are only available in 15% of leagues, so I don't think those oh, guys are. Zach Moss on so many benches of mine last <laughs> week. You know, <laughs> I, know, it, I know. Thankfully, I survived. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I looked at one. I started Carlo, uh, Carlos Hyde over Zach Moss. I'm like, even I can't believe I did that. But <laughs> well, you, you didn't know if, if Moss was going to get a carry. Well, and then he fumbled right away in the game. Did he? I didn't see that yes. part. And I'm like, well, that's it for Zach Moss. I for saw a Singletary career. rip off that like long touchdown. Yeah. I'm like, well, there's the RB1. I, sw- I could be wrong, or maybe I'm just confusing it with Singletary's run, but I thought Moss fumbled. Uh, wide receivers of note, most, most of these guys, uh, well, Rondell Moore is available in 17% of leagues. He's a priority waiver wire. Tim Patrick, 20% of leagues availability, priority waiver wire. K.J. Osborne, available in 45% of leagues. K.J. Osborne uh, tied for eighth in receiving yards in the NFL right now. Obviously first on his team and, yeah, top 10 receiving option. uh, Better fantasy producer than Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. Yeah, Tim Patrick should not be... On any waiver wires uh, in DAT yeah. leagues, of course. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I saw, has like the most air yards, like the highest uh, yards per attempt. He's been airing it out yeah, for this the never Broncos. Happens. So, I mean, the air is thinner in Denver, but they haven't even played there yet, I don't think. They've had two road games. They might have. Yeah, they played at the Giants and then mm-hmm. at Jacksonville, so they haven't yeah. had a road game yet. Or uh, a home the, game. The so. last guy, the last receiver I want to plug in here, Cedric Wilson, available in 86% of guillotine leagues. He's he's got a little juice to him. They were they were I was frustrated with how often he got the ball before when Gallup was healthy. Now as the starter, they're still targeting him a fair amount. And he had a, he had one run after catch that was really, really pretty, and it showed just a little something special from him. Remember, Gallup's gonzo at the end of the year. Cedric Wilson, they may give Cedric Wilson a a a long runway to show what he can do as as a starter this season yeah he looked he looked uh good sparing you know he wasn't targeted a ton but he looked like he has the goods uh if he gets bit. the opportunity mm-hmm. and let's throw a tight end really quick yeah out there and i didn't think no, i looked no. at tight ends i'm like there's nobody here well I, Dan, I, are you gonna go dan arnold on us I, right now cause our, our friend uh good friend scott fish tweeted at me this info uh, and i already knew it was a great matchup but if you're needy at tight end and you're going after we threw out a big name george kittle but say you don't get him mm-hmm. throw a buck or two on dan arnold who plays the texans thursday night second most catches third most yards allowed to tight end and not a, 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 a vaunted uh, list of names. James O'Shaughnessy, Man Hurts, and then the Cleveland tight ends. Second yeah. most catches, third most yards. All right. I think I already know what your take a chance of me receiver is going to be on Fantasy Football Weekly. I uh, it, it very well could be. Which, I, we, by the way, we encourage you. For, uh, there are a, there's a subset of Chop Podcast listeners that have never heard Fantasy Football Weekly, our two-hour-long epic breakdown through 27 years uh, we encourage you to check that podcast out. That drops every Friday night with everything you need to get ready for Sunday. And I got one more Dan Arnold stat handy. <laughs> I, I was going to throw it out there. In week two, Dan Arnold with more yards than George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, Zach Ertz, and Cole Komet combined. That's Oh, in week two. In week in two. Week two. In week okay, two. Okay, all right. You're funny, are you not mentioning his week one performance of no. what was like one catch for 20 two, yards? Two for six. But two he's still, six. he still was better than uh, Mike Gusecki <laughs> and uh, someone else combined. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening to the Chop Podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday to break down uh, all the waiver wire activity for week number three. Best of luck keeping your heads, everybody. Bye-bye.